It's one thing to be a Christian and to have a home in heaven. It's another thing to continue to walk in the light and life of salvation every single day. Would you grab your Bibles, please? And would you stand to your feet, please, and hold your Bibles high. We're going to make our declaration this morning. I love this confession. I love it, love it, love it. Hold your Bibles high. Repeat these words after me. Believe the words that are coming out of your mouth. Say, Father in heaven. Thank you for this word. It is your personal love letter to me, and I receive it. It is the absolute truth, and I believe it. It's the answer to my questions and the answer to the world's issues. Lord, today, my ears are ready to hear your word. My heart is ready to receive your word. And I'm ready to be, by faith, a doer of the word in all situations. In Jesus' name, lift your hands high. Let's praise his name. Father, we thank you for who you are. We worship you. We worship you. We take a moment to put our affections on you, to put our heart on you. We give you our best right now. Father, we love you. We love you. It's all about you. You're the reason we came here this morning. You're the reason we woke up this morning. You put breath in my lungs, sight in my eyes, hearing in my ears, a beat in my heart, and a pep in my step. You are the reason I'm alive this morning. Thank you, Lord. We worship you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, I pray the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Everyone who agreed said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah and blessed be his holy name. That's not just Christianese. We're real talking here. Real talking. Mark chapter 11, please. Mark chapter 11. Hallelujah. I just am so in love with Jesus lately. I spent some good time with him on Thursday. It's not the last time I spent time with him, but I spent some real good time with him. <laughs> Imagine that. Oh, yeah, I talked to Jesus last week. We're pretty good, you know. <laughs> so I have, I have. I keep spending more time with him, but I've had some great time with him over the past week or so, and it's been wonderful. Somebody tell me what we've been talking about here in D2L. Faith. Faith. F-A-I-T-H. Now, we started off in Hebrews 11. I'll need your attention, please. We started off in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, and we read that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Agree? You remember that? Do you remember that? My Bible says you can change a couple words around, and now faith has become the realization of what you hope for the, without the confidence of seeing it. So we can say faith is the realization that it's mine even without the confidence of seeing it. Faith is making real what you cannot see. Faith is making real what you cannot see. Now, we're going to read in Mark 11. We're going to start in verse 20. This is where we left off last week. We started talking last week about what? A D word. What's it called? How many of you showed up for church last week? Your bodies may have physically been here, but were you here spiritually, mentally? Yeah, were you here? Okay, what were we talking about last week? Katie, the only one that got it. Doubt. We're talking about doubt last week. Go to Mark chapter 11, verse 20. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. There's that F word right there. Faith, a good word. F-A-I-T-H. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. Watch this. 
He will have whatever. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Let me ask you an important question here. Who is speaking in Mark 11, 20 and 20, uh, 23 and 24? Who is speaking there? Who is speaking there? It is so important that you realize Jesus is speaking there. Jesus came, the Bible describes Jesus as the Word. That means He's the full expression of God. Jesus said, I've never said anything. I've never done anything that I didn't see who do. Who? My Father. I don't do anything that I don't see my Father do. I don't say anything that I don't see my Father say or hear my Father say. So if Jesus says we can have what we ask for when we pray, do you believe that we can have what we ask for when we pray? Do we need to pull on heaven and beg God to give us what we need? No, some people may think you do, and I'm not taking away and being irreverent, irreverent but they're, they're, you, as, a, as a child of God, you have a certain authority, don't you? Don't you? Jesus gave you that authority. Jesus himself, the Son of God, who came to this earth, who taught us how to live, who died, who went down to hell, defeated hell in the grave, and rose triumphantly from the grave, he is now seated at the right hand of the Father, and he gave you power, didn't he? Before he left this planet, he gave you all the power that you need. You don't have to pull on heaven for anything. You may have to pray your way through some things, but you don't need to really beg God to give you something because he's provided it for you. Jesus said whatever he says will be done if he doesn't doubt where. See, that's so important. If he doesn't doubt in his heart. Last week we started talking about this. Doubt has a voice, doesn't it? Doubt, doubt has a voice. The voice of doubt does not come from God. God is not the one who brings doubt, just like God is not the one who brings temptation. It's important for you to understand. God doesn't say, hey, uh, Nichelle, I want you to step out in faith and believe that you're going to be saved, and then immediately question you, are you really saved, Nichelle? That's not God. Who, whose voice is that? We talked about that last week. Whose voice is that? Yeah, that's the voice of the devil. That is from the pit of hell. That is from the pit of hell. Do you know what the devil's been doing from the beginning? If you don't believe me, you can read it later. Read Genesis 3. The Bible says, Now the serpent, who was more cunning and crafty than any other creatures that God made, said to the woman, Did God really say? Did God really say? What is that? That's doubt. That's confusion. God is not the author of confusion. So every time you step out in faith, you have to realize something is going to come against you. And the voice of doubt is going to come against you. That's what comes against you, the voice of doubt. But you have to know God is not speaking that doubt to you. I gave you that image last week. Many of you have seen the cartoons and many of you have seen the movies, right? The angel and the demon. You've seen that a lot? Well, forget about the angel because you have the Spirit of God. But you have to realize that Every time a thought of doubt comes in, that is not your thought because that is not the real you. The real you, if you've been born again, has God's nature on the inside of you. And that real nature would never question whether or not you're really saved. It would never question whether or not God really wants to heal your physical body. It will never question whether or not you can inherit any of the promises of God because your spirit is reborn. It has the nature of God on the inside of you. Now, the doubt comes into your mind. See, this is where you begin to grow up when you realize what speaks here is God and my spirit. My spirit, my conscience. Everyone understand that you have a conscience? Do you know that conscience, is, the world calls it the conscience, but do you know what that is? That is the real you. That is your spirit. Any of you ever violated your conscience? What do you feel like when you violate your conscience? Guilty, and you have a guilty conscience. 
that's your spirit. God gave you that spirit to lead you and guide you. So only two speak here, your spirit, the real you, and God. Now the enemy, he doesn't have the power to speak here. Understand that. He doesn't have authority to speak to your spirit. He, has, uh, he comes in and he speaks to your mind. He tries to plant those little thoughts. Are you really saved? Does God really want to heal you? Are you sure that God's going to provide your dad with a new job? Are you sure you're going to be able to pass that test? After all, you're not that smart. That is the voice of doubt. We have to understand that doubt has a voice. It is not God speaking to us. So I want to share a couple things with you. Because I, I want you to begin to understand that when doubt comes, obviously we've just, said, we've just said it's not God who's speaking. But there are some signs of doubt. Have you ever wondered, is it me speaking? Is it God speaking? Or is it the devil speaking? Have you ever wondered that before? Who is speaking right now? Is it me, God, or the devil? Anyone ever wondered that? No? A couple of us? I've wondered that several times until I started to begin to understand this a little bit. Well, there are some signs that come with doubt. Doubt always brings an uneasiness. It always brings an uneasiness. It's like fear has gripped you. Maybe you stepped out to believe that you're saved. Saved, you believed in a God you can't see who saved you from a hell that you can't see. Maybe you stepped out in faith to believe that God has saved you. And all of a sudden the thought comes in, are you really saved? How do you know that you'll go to heaven? How do you know when you take your last breath, you know, that you'll be able to go to heaven? Those are thoughts of doubt. It brings an uneasiness. It's a discomfort. It's like fear has gripped you. So if you make a decision and you feel like fear is gripping you, Nine times out of ten, that's not God. Now, sometimes when you violate your conscience, you feel uneasy, right? But there's a difference. This is where we grow up a little bit here, as we begin to understand the voice of our spirit versus the voice of doubt, which speaks here. I know when doubt comes in sometimes, it immediately consumes my thoughts. I could be doing anything. I could be driving, and all of a sudden I get distracted, and I start listening to that doubt, and I start questioning all these different things. It brings uneasiness. It grips you with fear. There is no peace no peace. The Bible tells us that the peace of God will rule our heart. So let's satisfy a couple things. If you are born again, is the Spirit of God in you? Yes, it is. If the Spirit of God is in you and He's ruling your heart, you should have peace when you make a decision, right? And if you don't have peace when you make a decision, one of two things is either going on. You're either violating your conscience and you're going directly against what God has said, or you have made the right decision and it's just the voice of doubt that's coming in. And you know the voice of doubt because doubt brings uneasiness. It's like fear has gripped you. Doubt will also make you feel like you have no peace, no rest. Your, your mind is plagued. It's haunting. That is not the voice of God. Christians are missing out today. We're not inheriting the promises of God that he has for us because we're listening to doubt. We're believing doubt instead of believing God. Go to Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12. So many times, so many times in my own life I have missed it. I've missed a promise of God. I missed healing in my body. I missed making the right decision. I bought the lie that I wasn't saved. I bought the lie that I wouldn't go to heaven. So many times in my life I missed it. And it wasn't because I didn't have faith. I'm going to show you what it is because. Go to Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12. We read this last week. I want to read it again. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12. It says, do not become sluggish, my Bible says, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Imitate those through who faith 
and patience inherit the promises. Imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So many times in my life, I stepped out to believe God for something. I stepped out maybe for healing in my body. There are times that I really had faith and I wasn't healed. Anyone have an experience where you step out and you really trust God for something and then it doesn't happen? Has anyone ever had that? Let me ask you a question. What happens, what happens to you at that point? Your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. What happens? When, when you step out in faith and it, doesn't, and it doesn't come about, what do you feel? You feel like you don't have enough faith. Okay, what else might you feel? You feel let down. What else do you feel? That it doesn't work, right? You may feel like it doesn't work, like this faith walk really doesn't work. Maybe you feel like either you messed up or maybe God messed up, right? You may feel like, God, maybe, maybe you don't want this for me. Maybe this is not exactly for me. But I want you to read this verse with me again, okay? Verse 12, it says, Don't become sludge, sluggish, but imitate those who through faith, everyone say faith, and patience inherit the promises of of God. Inherit the promises. I want to tell you something here. In my life, every single time that I missed it, every single time that I did not receive, it wasn't because I didn't have faith. It be, it's because my patience wasn't working together with my faith. Now, we grow up in a word church. Almost every single one of you has grown up, and sometimes we get a little bit too action conscious. We think that, you know, we got to act on something. So, I know for me, I thought real faith was confessing 300,000 million times something that uh, it, then it would become real to me. But the confession is really important. Having faith is really important. But it's not the confession that's going to get you the faith. The confession helps build your faith. But the Bible says through faith and patience. Patience is long-suffering. Patience and faith go hand in hand. Every single time I missed a promise of God, it wasn't because I didn't have faith. It was because I didn't have patience working with my faith. Patience says, no matter how long it takes, no matter what I see, no matter what I feel, no matter what I experience, I'm not going to be moved by my experience. I'm not going to be moved by what I see, moved by what I feel. I'm only going to be moved by the Word. I'm telling you this here because every year about this time, I struggle with the same thing. It's allergies. They come on me like a bat out of hell, like right on me. And, and, and I'm telling you, it, it inhibits everything that I do. And, and every year I, I try believing God. I try having faith that I'll be healed. I know it's God's will to heal me. If you don't yet believe that it's God's will that you can be healed, you need to read Isaiah 53, 4, and 5. You need to read 1 Peter 2, 24 and satisfy once and for all that God wants you well period. He wants you well. He has given us the super abundant life. Every year about this time, allergies try to come upon me and grip me. Every year up until this year, I have tried to step out in faith and try to see a manifestation of healing in my body. I will wear myself out having faith. And the problem is, what happens when you, when you, when you, don't, see, when you don't see something soon enough, what happens? You, you get let down. You feel like it didn't work. But we're not really walking in real faith then because real faith has patience with it, doesn't it? The Bible says through faith and patience we inherit the promises. Patience is what I'm learning now in terms of no matter what my body feels, if I have to use all the boxes of tissues, 
You know, no matter what my body feels, no matter if I wake up or I go by a cat or go by a flower, I refuse. Watch this. I'm not denying what my body is feeling, but the real me is the spirit man on the inside, right? Say yes. The real me is the spirit. That spirit has a direct communication with God because my spirit has been born again. It's been regenerated. So regardless of what my body says, I choose to believe the word of God. I choose to believe that his word is real even when my body says you're not seeing the manifestation. It's faith through patience. Through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. And do you know something? I have already begun to see the manifestation of healing in my body in terms of the allergies. So now I'm realizing it's not how much I work. It's not how much I confess. It's simply having faith and patience, just trusting. We already said faith is making real what you cannot see because it's in the spiritual. I have accepted 1 Peter 2.24, which says Jesus himself bore my sin in his own body on the tree that I having died to sin might live for righteousness by whose stripes I am I was I have been healed that's what we talked about last week all the power you ever need is on the inside of you if you're born again it's just a matter of believing it having faith that you have it even when you cannot see it patience goes hand in hand with faith because patience is not a one-time thing it's a realization in your heart that you have what you've said, that you have what you cannot see. Patience means no matter how long it takes, you're not going to be moved by what you see. You're not going to be moved by what you feel. You're not even going to be moved by what you experience or what others say to you. You're only moved by the word. You're only moved by the... Say this with me. I will not be moved by what I feel, by what I see. I will only be moved by the word. Say it again. I will not be moved by what I see. I will not be moved by what I feel. I will only be moved by the word. Man, that's going to change our lives. We're going higher. God's taking us from glory to glory. Now listen. When you start to put these faith principles into practice in your life, don't put a time limit on it. And I, I've done this before too. You don't physically say that you're giving God a certain amount of time, but in your heart you know, okay, if he doesn't show up by now, that's it. You know, If he doesn't show up by this point, I'm not going to believe. No, 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 no. Through faith and... Through faith and... Through faith and... Patience means a long-suffering. We need to be long-suffering and trust in our God who will provide all things that we need according to his riches and his glory in Christ Jesus. Let me give you a few examples of faith working and doubt working because both are real. Doubt is from the pit of hell. Keep in mind now, the devil has been doing the same thing from the beginning. God created a perfect man and woman, Adam and Eve. They were intended to live forever, forever, forever. God always knew that he was going to create you. Did you know that? We're thousands upon thousands of years out from God's original creation. You were not an afterthought. God always knew that he would create you. You were supposed to live in the fullness of life. You and I were supposed to live with God and walk with him in the cool of the day. Now that got changed when Adam messed things up in the garden. But then Jesus came back to redeem us from destruction. He has now set us apart. We are now his own people, his own priests. You don't need a priest and a pastor to tell you how to live. 
God wants to speak to your heart. He wants to preach to you. He wants the word to become made alive to you so that you live according to his life. You live according to his word. Not somebody telling you what to do. You are a real child of God. God intended to walk with you in the cool of the day. He intended to have a relationship with you. And now he does through Jesus Christ. I want to share a couple examples with you here. There was a time that uh, we had to sing a song upstairs. Now, upstairs in service, we, on average, we have about 900 people who show up for church. So it was first service, and we're singing a special. Now, this song was very difficult for me because I hadn't trained my voice that well. This is a couple years ago. Now I can hit notes that I've never been able to hit before, but this is partly the reason why. So we're practicing this song, we're practicing the song, and I get it in practice. I miss it a couple times, but I got it in practice. Then we go upstairs to sing the special. And you know, I'm nervous, right? Performing in front of like 500 plus people, you'd be nervous too, right? Yeah. Okay. So, Mike's like, eh, you know. (laughs) I'm nervous, okay? 500 plus people, first service. We make it through the song, the, the first verse, and I'm so excited. We get into the chorus, and in the chorus was this high note for me, high note. And I, I was so worried. I hit the note. I was so excited. I was, I was thanking God as I'm singing, you know. I'm having this out-of-body experience while I'm, while I'm singing. My body's singing, and I'm just praising God, thanking Him that I hit the note. Now, I'm in the next verse. I'm in the second verse. And all of a sudden, the thought, the fear, the doubt comes in. Kurt, this is exactly what it said. I heard it right in my head. You're not going to hit that note. It's exactly what the voice said. You're not going to hit that note. I didn't have time to think. Do you know what I did? I accepted the thought, and I missed the note. I missed it. I missed it. You see, doubt came in. Fear immediately gripped me, and I accepted it. I accepted that doubt, and I missed the note in front of 500-plus people. What do you want to do at that point? Drop the mic and run off the stage, right? Yeah. Especially when it's really bad, like, ah, you know, something, something real, real bad. I mean, it was just, I, I cringed. I felt bad for me, you know, that I hit the note. It was that bad. I mean, so I just want you to see that because there is an opportunity. I had an opportunity to say, no, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I could have used my faith. Look, at you just hit that note. God was with you a minute ago when you sang it in the chorus. You will hit it again in Jesus' name. But what did I do? Fear came upon me. I was gripped by the thought that the doubt could be real. I thought that voice was real. And instead, I accepted it. Remember, Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three, you can have whatever you say if you don't doubt in your heart. He didn't say that doubt wouldn't come in form of a thought to your mind. He said, you don't accept it in your heart. Because when the thought comes, the thought has no control if you don't give it power. But what I did is I gave it power. It came down in my heart. I missed the note. I missed it completely. Now, I've grown up a little bit since then. I'm not perfect, but I have a little bit more confidence and faith in God. So here's another story. Recently, this is a story of how faith works, even when doubt tries to show up at your door. Remember, doubt is always going to speak here first. You choose whether or not you're going to accept. You understand that, right? You choose. You have that split second where you choose to accept or choose to kick it out. A family member called me up. I was at the laundromat. A family member called me up and said, you know what? I, uh, they, they found some blood in my urine, and they think... It could be something serious. You know, I mean, you shouldn't have blood in your urine. So I'm talking to the family member, they, they, you know, and, uh, and they're just dealing with an issue upon an issue. Upon, it seems like every time they turn around, something happens. So I said to this family member, I stopped immediately where the family member was. I said, what can you believe God for? Because the doctor, the doctor said this. I don't know why doctors freak people out sometimes, but they were like, this could be really serious. 
you know, there could be something really wrong with you. Like, why would you say that? Just don't even say that. You know, just, just shut up. Just, just say something. Good. Just come on back for another test. Why would you say something like that? They said, there could be something seriously wrong, but we want to run another test. So I stopped them immediately. I said, listen, what can you believe God for right now? Can you believe God that there'll be no more blood in your urine, that you're healed? Can you believe? Can you just believe? Just believe that there'll be no more blood next time you take a test. It took a couple minutes, but I got this person to the place where they accepted, okay, God can do all things. I will believe with you, Kurt. Now, Jesus said, where two, where two, where two, where two, where two agree is touching anything on earth, whatever they ask shall be done by the Father in heaven. Jesus said that. He's the Son of the living God. He said it. We can have it. So, we, we prayed in the name of Jesus. I said, there will be no blood in your urine in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we agreed in Jesus' name, amen. We ended the prayer. As soon as I ended the prayer, I told this person, I said, okay, now that's it. You have it. Next time you go for that test, you're going to be completely healed. There'll be no blood in your urine. And the person said, oh, I, I forgot to tell you, I already took the second test. I already gave the second sample. So now all of a sudden, fear and doubt try to come in and be like, Kurt, even if this person gets healed, they still have that sample that could have been from, you know, when they were sick. Do you understand that? They still have this sample that they gave, you know, maybe a couple days ago. So doubt comes in. You're going you're gonna to look like a fool, Kurt. You tried to step out and believe God that he would heal this person. Now you're going to look like an idiot. Now you're going to mess with their faith. That's the thought that immediately came in. I said, no. He's able to do all things. Jesus said, whatever I say when I pray, if I believe I have it, it is mine, right? Did we not read that in Mark eleven twenty three? 23? Did we read it together? Did you read it with me? So I said, okay, Jesus, you said we could have it. We believe it. We have it. Doubt tried to come again at the end of the conversation. You are going to be made to look like such a fool, Kurt. There is no way. How can God go mess with this sample over here? Even if his body is healed, how can God go mess with this sample over here? I said, no. We believe in Jesus' name. We hung up the phone. Several days go by. I was supposed to hear from the person as soon as they got the results. Several days go by, no results. It's Tuesday, no results when, when they were supposed to get the results. Thursday comes around, and up in my spirit as I'm sitting in my office, the spirit reminds me, you need to call this person. You need to call this person and find out what the results are. So I called, and the person picks up the phone and says, oh, that's, that's funny, I was just talking to the doctor. I was like, I was wondering why you hadn't called me. They're like, yeah, I just got the test results. And I said, and? No blood in the urine. They, the doctor couldn't find any trace. The doctor was confused as to why there was blood when they took the sample over here, and there was no blood now. And I said, amen, thank you, Lord. And I stopped, and I said, who, who did that? I, got, I wanted to get this person to realize now. Who did that? And they said, well, 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 God did. I said, absolutely. Now, we could write that off as a coincidence, couldn't we? Couldn't you really just find some way to say that wasn't really God? If you really wanted to, couldn't you write that off as a coincidence? You could. But no, we choose to believe, don't we? Because we committed it to God in prayer. I'm telling you, doubt shows up every single time we try to step out there in faith. Every time we want to step out and believe God for something, doubt will show up. But Jesus said if you don't let the doubt come in your heart, if you, if you just trust God and have faith and don't let the doubt come in your heart, you will receive what you have asked for when you pray. Not only that, you don't have to pull on heaven. Jesus said whatever it is that you say will be done. Whatever it is you say will be done. That's a whole different ball game right there because we can speak to things and tell them to go and they have to leave. We don't have to pull on heaven and say, Father, if it be your will. No, Jesus said, whatever you say, whatever you say when you pray must be done if you don't doubt in your heart. Isn't that good? Isn't that a great word? 
You're getting ready to go back to school. Isn't that really empowering to know that if you have studied and you have studied and you have studied, you don't have to walk into the test with fear. You don't have to go to take your test with fear. You know that God will be with you. If you are born again, do you know that the Bible says it is the job of the Holy Spirit to bring things back to your remembrance? Did you realize that? If I would have known that in high school, I would have been a straight-A student. If I would have paid attention in college, I would have been a straight-A student. Paid attention to God's Word. I sort of paid attention in college, but if I had paid attention to God's Word, I would have been a straight-A student. Because it's the job of the Holy Spirit to bring things to your remembrance. Okay, so when you get ready to take that test, or maybe you're trying out for that team this year, maybe you're looking to do something bigger, maybe you're looking to do something greater, remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory. You have all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. There is nothing, my friend, that you cannot do. Whatever you do will prosper and succeed. Whatever you touch shall be prosperous. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall med meditate in it day and night. You shall be careful to observe all that is written wherein, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Let me tell you something now. You start walking with God daily. You you start spending time with God daily. You are more than a conqueror. Your friends will come running after you. Your friends will want to know what it is that's different about you. Why is it that you walk into those tests with such peace? Why is it that you're on the basketball court? You make those shots with such ease. Why is it that you're on the football field? Why is it that you're practicing your instrument and you always have peace? There's something about you. I'm telling you, God is going to fill you up. You are a living vessel. As he fills you up, you're going to overflow. And as you overflow, you're not going to be able to help but touch the people around you. That is the God who is with you. He is with you always. He is strengthening you. You can and you will. You can and you will do all things to the glory of God this year. You will do well in school. Stand to your feet, please. I want your hands in the air. I want you to believe the words we're about to say. Say, I believe. I believe. Right, now. right now. Christ in me. Christ in the, hope the hope of glory. I can do all things, can do all things. because he strengthens me. I can do all things because He strengthens me. I am not a failure. I am only a success. Everything I touch prospers and succeeds. I'm a good student of the Word and in school. I'm a good child. I have a good attitude. I have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. In Jesus' name, I can do all things. Christ in me, the hope of glory, gives me strength to be more than a conqueror. School is not too hard for me. Reading is not too hard for me. Math is not too hard for me. Science is not too hard for me. Being a good child, obedient to my parents, loving, walking in the fruit of the Spirit, is not too hard for me. Because Christ in me, the hope of glory, gives me strength and wisdom. In Jesus' name, 
Now let's praise Him. Father, thank You for Your goodness. Thank You for Your Word. You're worthy of all of our praise. You're worthy of all of our love. You're worthy of all of our adoration. We acknowledge You, Lord. We acknowledge with You. Father, we worship You. We worship You. Thank You for Your goodness. Thank You for Your mercy. You are worthy of all praise. You are worthy of all praise. Father, we're not going to let the rocks cry out on our behalf. I want to worship You. Forget about the rocks. I am Your creation. You have put Your Spirit in me. You didn't even put Your Spirit in the rocks and they know you created them you put your spirit in me i worship you this morning i worship you i give you praise i love you so much i worship you and i thank you that you love me thank you that you love me thank you that your love is shed abroad in our hearts by the holy ghost thank you thank you lord we love you we love you we love you we love you blessed be your holy